Considering the subject matter of Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk, the hosts recommend using discretion when allowing anyone under the age of 17 to listen. Listener discretion is advised. Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk is proudly available worldwide on Apple Music, Spotify, Amazon Music, Facebook Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and more. On this episode of Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk, Rick and Stephen talk UFOs and American mystery spots with paranormal travel blogger and special guest Michael Huntington. They also share a chilling listener story on this week's Encounters from the Beyond, happening now on Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk. And welcome to another edition of the Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk. We are your host, Stephen Lancaster, and yours truly, Rick Hale. Um, hey, Stephen, how's it going? You know, it is uh, going fantastically. Uh, right before I jumped on here with you, uh, be- because I'm, I follow the Travel Channel's Facebook page or whatever, I keep getting these annoying posts sure. of the reality shows i just did air quotes for those of you listening at home and they had a clip from um the new ghost hunters i guess there's they're back i guess Mm -hmm. and uh i'm watching this clip and as an editor you can totally tell it's spliced together like it shows um jason and uh steve uh, the tattooed guy, Steve, and yeah. they're kind of coming up these stairs, and they hear something, you know. And there's a chandelier hanging there. Okay, so there's a chain, and the cameraman's back behind him. Okay, and it cuts to Jason. It cuts mm-hmm. to Steve, and you know, there's all this drama. They're looking through this door, like, what is in there, man? You know, and it's spooky music, right? But between the cuts. The chain is either completely still or slightly moving, depending on the cut. So I was just in the middle. That's suspicious. Yes, I was just in the middle of making a post like, how many takes did this scene take Mm -hmm. for them to splice it together to make it appear this way? Because the chain moves, then it doesn't. Then it moves, then it doesn't. So, obviously, the cameraman had bumped this chandelier or something at one point. It's like, come on, man. Nobody nobody sees this stuff, man. Well, you know, it's I, I, I'm, not, I'm not quite sure who said this, but, you know, the old quote, reality is the only word in the English language that should always be used in quotes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, right. so, speaking of which, um, <laughs> Earlier in the week, you know, I, I had gotten done with, you know, all my uh, domestic deity stuff that I do around the house. And I decided to take in a little bit of the uh, Discovery Plus or whatever it's called myself. So I thought that I would watch the show um, Vampires in America. <laughs> right. And, dude, I am like maybe 10 minutes into the show tops. And I'm like, is this shit 
for real. Like it's following these guys around and they're vampire hunters. Yes. Everything. I think the one guy's name was Eric Street and the other dude's name was Marcel Von Tingen or something like that. He's, right. you know, German. And um, and I, I'm, I'm watching this and I'm like, everything that they say about the vampires, it's almost as if they were doing um, some live action role play. Right. You know, like White Wolf stuff, Vampire the Masquerade. And I, and I can't I can't believe that some people are going to watch this and think, oh, yeah, this is totally real. Like these guys are out there staking vampires and, you know, chopping their heads off and whatnot. And it's, it was just it was the cheesiest goddamn thing I've ever seen in my life. And I got about 30 minutes in tops. I mean, 30 minutes tops. And I'm like, that's it. I'm done. <laughs> well, it's funny because it, I I thought it was supposed to come off like a deadpan spoof. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like they're literally taking it seriously, but it's so ridiculously stupid. That's what yeah. makes it funny because they're taking it seriously. Right. You know, it's like all, 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 all they needed to make it better was just make this with the cast of Reno 911. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's that's it. That would have made it perfect. With Lieutenant but, Dingle, or but Dingle. it's like it's like I said to you, go to their IMD page. Everybody mm-hmm. in that thing is an actor, an, right. an actor. They're they're actually actors. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this isn't well, real. I, I I think the one guy is a stuntman. So <laughs> you know, but I I, I I thought it was hilarious how it's like he's talking about his uh, his scarf around his neck that's made of Kevlar, and I'm like thinking. Wasn't that in the James Wood movie Vampires? Didn't yes. they wear like Kevlar neck gaiters or something like that? And it was just, it was just absolute and utter ridiculousness. So I mean, if if you, you know, we we're not going to spend the entire show bagging on reality TV shows. No, we don't ever do that. No, we never do that. But it's like you got to practice some common sense while watching these things uh, I, I, I don't know about you Stephen, but if i ever come across some bloodsuckers i definitely want the kevlar neck gatorade oh absolutely i'm all absolutely. i'm I, i'm all in for that we gotta check I'm, out amazon i'm putting a shotgun barrel in its mouth and pulling the trigger <laughs> then i'm sending the clip to travel channel <laughs> yeah here's your vampires in america i got your vampires right here <laughs> <laughs> oh wait! Oops, he was faking it. Turns out he just had fake teeth in. My bad. <laughs> so yeah. So yeah. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> it's just so hilarious. But go ahead. Go ahead with what? What was I saying? I thought you 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 said so. Oh, I was just saying so. So we'd move on. So we'd move on. Yeah. yeah. You know, today we have got a great show lined up for, for everyone. Um, we're going to be welcoming to the show ufologist and paranormal travel blogger Michael Huntington. And we're going to be talking about UFOs and, you know, quite a bit on the show today. And it's, you know, something, St- Stephen, I, I will admit I'm not much of an expert on. I'm only like, you know, a recent newcomer to the whole ufology thing, I'd say within, you know, since like the the mid to late 90s. But, you know, Michael has made an entire career of um, 
visiting these places where UFOs have been seen and experienced and going to mystery places and haunted places across the United States. And what I think is great is, is he does, does it in a way that I would love to do it. He takes his family along. I would love to be able to do something like that. So we are going to be talking to him today about his travels and about UFOs, government cover-ups, conspiracies, um, all of that kind of stuff. It's going to be a great show. See, and, and, and you just, you know what, you just gave, you didn't even realize it, Rick. Mm. You just gave the greatest pitch for the next reality show. In fact, when this, when this show's over today, I'm going to write it up and I'm pitching it. I'm going to pitch it. Okay. And, okay. What's hot right now, man? The vampire people. Okay, that's obviously what's hot right now. That and, is and, the vamp, yes. and, and demons, demons, they're the uh, the the best. They're the the go to gift for Christmas every year. You know what I'm saying? So demons are always on giving. So we take your family, okay. we take my family, and we become a reality show where people follow us around. We wear our little head cams, you know, vampire and demon slaying families. And our oh. and our tagline, our tagline, the family that slays together stays together. Bam. I bam, it sounds great. Fantastic. But I will I will tell you this much. There is no way in hell I would get my wife on board with that. Well, we'll hire an actor. We'll hire we'll hire an actress. Right, right. Yeah, that's uh that that, that that's even something that she get that's even more that she would get on board with. But um, yeah, you know, we'll but that is get, not all. We'll, we'll just get somebody simple like Mila Jovovich or something. I mean, you know, oh, nobody. Sure. I mean, she's kicked ass. We need somebody like that. I mean, Kicking we're gonna be fighting ass. demons and vampires. Definitely get Mila Jovovich on it. Yes. Because if I can't shoot it, I'm out. I'm out. I I don't know what else I can do. <laughs> I'll let you be the gun guy. You could be the gun guy. I will I'm, be I'm the gun absolute- guy. Terrible shot. But Michael Huntingdon is not all that we're having on the show today. Today we're going to be doing uh, a second round of our new segment, uh, Encounters with the Beyond. We're going to be, I'm going to be reading a story from Bill Matson um, and a rather chilling encounter that he had with what I can only assume would be a, a stone tape kind of a haunting, or as you know, they call it on TV, a residual haunting. Um, right you know, right as he's at work, it's, 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 it's a great story and I can't wait to read it to everyone. Yeah. I thought it was too. When, when, um, our secretary reached out to me, um, you know, telling us or telling me that one of our listeners has sent this story. I was like, okay, go ahead and fax it over to me. Let me, let me look at it. And and then I read it. I was like, okay, you know, so then I faxed it over to Rick and Rick's like, man, we need to read this on the show. Mm Mm-hmm. See how Absolutely. that made us sound way bigger than what we actually are? Fax yeah, machines secretary. and secretary. Are we paying this secretary? Oh, hell no. Hell no. Okay, good. She fired. <laughs> you need Melnitz from Ghostbusters. It, it's more of an intern. <laughs> it's more of an intern. So, <laughs> you know how that goes. But we're just doing yeah, our I part to help goes. the youth of America, you know. Intern here at Shadow Initiative TV or or Shadow Initiative Talk. It's something. Intern here, you can apply at shadowinitiativetalk.com. Send a picture, your bio, 
your educational credentials, and we'll take it from there. See, now here's the thing. We have over 100,000 listeners now. That's all the downloads. We are bound to at least get one person <laughs> that's going to send this to us. Well, thank God we've already got an intern that can handle that. Yeah. Filter process. So we'll have to put us. more. We'll, we'll, we'll just have to put more interns on it until we fill the show with interns. Yeah. I mean, we, we are doing a service here. I mean, people would jump at the chance to be on this show. This is a public service for you. Not us. For you. You know, you know, you got the whole thing out there with Spotify and Joe Rogan. You know, you know, all the, well, I say all these musicians, what it's been, two, you know, two mm-hmm. musicians saying, take my music off of Spotify because of what Joe Rogan said. You know, he's mm-hmm. misleading people. You know, I, it won't surprise me at all, Rick, if we start seeing that. If we start seeing, hey, you take these, these reality shows off of Travel Channel and the millions of dollars that you're making, or... Shadow Initiative Talk is coming off of Apple Podcasts. Mm. That's right. That's right. We will remove ourselves right now from Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music. Because, you know, uh, Travel Channel is going to be like, oh, crap. You know, would they give up a million dollars or keep us? I mean, it's common sense. They're going to keep us. Or they're just going to say Shadow Initiative who? (laughs) (laughs) Who are you referring to? Well, Who is that this Stephen Lancaster and Rick Hale that you speak of? Well, hey, hey, Travel Channel, they happen to do know who I am. <laughs> That's why I get yes, uh, I know a lot You've of my comments. I get a lot of my comments deleted from their page, which I find insulting. But <laughs> like, I've been I've been on your network like three times, and you're going to delete my comments. Anyway, with that being said, Rick, why don't you read? said story i will and this is this is a great story everybody's gonna love it this is the latest segment of well uh, latest episode of our new segment uh, encounters with the beyond so bill writes to us i was a plant manager for a large graphic arts company in chicago we dealt in color separations and preparation of film for offset printing one day the boss says bill You're going to a managerial retreat for 10 days outside of Arlington, Virginia, at an old plantation called Arley Retreat Hall. It was an intense study of management starting at 7 a.m. and ending at 9 p.m. Sure, there was an hour off for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and one bar was on the premises, and they closed at 10 p.m. When class let out at 9 p.m., you could see 80 people run to the bar to get as many drinks as they could within the next hour. I never knew I could run so fast fast and push little old ladies out of the way just to get a place at the bar. One Friday night, not wanting to follow the same pattern, I picked up a quart of Annie Green Springs, borrowed my roommate's guitar, and headed for the sundial. Now, the sundial was a scary spot in the daytime. I was drawn to it like a moth to a flame. It was a large circular patio style area about 20 feet in diameter and in the center was a large post that would cast shadows on Roman numerals set in the ground. It had a cement bench built into it that went around the perimeter. It was about four feet high and covered in some kind of ivy. It had three foot openings for entryway on the east and west. At 11 p.m., 
the moon was full, and the jug was almost empty. I was out of songs and cigarettes. I remember singing Barbara Allen, an old folk song about a ghostly lady. I had just put the guitar back in its case, lifted the jug to my lips, went off to the north, I saw a flash of light. I heard some rumbling. Oh man, I didn't want to get caught out here in the rain half a mile away from my room. The light got brighter and the rumbling got louder. The lights were now hurting my eyes. The booms were deafening. Men on horseback were riding over the rise. Horses pulling cannon. They rode on by in what seemed like an eternity. Then they disappeared over the next set of rolling hills. The moon went somewhere, and I walked back to my lodging in the most incredible darkness I had ever seen. As I entered, my roommate said, Bill, you look like you've seen the devil. I could only reply, maybe. The next morning at breakfast, I was telling the guy next to me about maybe seeing some Civil War reenactors last night. My, my waitress ran over and started talking wildly to an old lady that worked there. The little old lady asked me, were you at the sundial last night? We never go there. It has hates. Strange things go on there. Well, I don't know. It could have been the wine, the moonlight, and shadows, but something surely happened. The Battle of Winchester was fought there on those very grounds. My grandfather was there. New York, 1st Artillery, Battery A, Company G. Signed, Bill Manson. So, you know, it's an interesting story because, I mean, personally, I love the history of the Civil War. So that is what immediately drew me to that story. It was like, you know, possible Civil War reenactors? No, it could be possible ghosts. And I just thought that was a great, great story. I mean, he may have been witnessing something that happened well over 150 years ago. And it somehow has been caught in a bubble, an echo of time that replays itself. Yeah, I agree. You know, I've, I've always kind of been envious, you know, at, at certain people, you know, that let, let's say they they work at the battleship North Carolina or they work at Fort Fisher you know, mm -hmm. or, or, you know, and they work in Gettysburg. It's like they're there all the time. Now, they're right. not like us. You know, they're not there for that particular reason. But, you know, it just makes you wonder that if you took a person like us that's that's looking for this stuff all the time, what kind of uh, data you could gather? You know what I mean? Being there oh. 40 hours a week or whatnot. Oh, absolutely. And uh, this 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 past summer, my family and I, we went to um, excuse me, we went to we spent a couple of days in Gettysburg. And it's like I loved it just for the history. But I'm not going to lie to you, man. I, I was there the entire time. I was just like practically praying. Please let me see a ghost. Please let me see a ghost. Um, you know, nothing. And that's fine. You know, came away with I took a ton of pictures there, came away with nothing. Um, no personal experiences of the paranormal. But, you know, I got to tell you, man, I love Gettysburg. Um, and, you know, this story, Arlington, Virginia, that's not too far from where we were in uh, Washington, D.C. So, um, it's, it, you know, just a, just a great story from Bill Matson. And we have, like, others from him. He sent us a slew of stories that we can, you know, read in the future here. 
Yes, and if you guys and gals at home have a ghost story you would like to share with us here on Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk, you can send it to us at shadowinitiativetalk at gmail.com or hit us up on Facebook at facebook.com slash welcome to the initiative. And if you want to take it a step further and say, hey, you know, I'd like to come on the show and talk about it. Hey, we can make that happen. We're we're fairly reasonable guys. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we we want your stories. We want to hear your stories. We want to create a database of uh, personal experiences, and it doesn't matter what it is. It could be a haunt. It could be a haunting. It could be some kind of um, you know a premonition, a, a psychic dream, um, aliens cryptids whatever just send it to us and we will read it and if it's compelling enough we'll have you on the show excellent so with that being said we are going to take our first commercial break and when we come back who we got michael huntington yeah talking ufos we're gonna be talking hot rods of the gods piloted by little gray men see didn't say green men because i know that there will be at least one person who would correct me yes we are going to probe michael huntington we are not going to do that here (laughs) come on it makes for great tv Uh, sorry podcast listeners you're just gonna have to use your imagination but guys check out these commercials and we there's my porky pig coming out again we will be back with Michael Huntington. So stick around. Do you enjoy reading about the paranormal? Check out the highly rated literary works from us, the hosts of Shadow Initiative TV. Paranormal investigator Rick Hale offers you the geek's guide to the strange and unusual, poltergeists, ghosts, and demons. Bullets, Booze, and Babes, The Haunted History of Chicago and Illinois. And behold, shocking true tales of terror and some other spooky stuff. But if you're thirsty for more, I bring you true case files of a paranormal investigator and dark spirits, a man terrorized by the supernatural. But if you want to go even further, dive deep into the dark reality of haunted dolls Check out my paranormal bestsellers, Norman, the doll that needed to be locked away, and Norman 2, the true story of a possessed doll's revenge, available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and wherever fine books are sold. You are listening to Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk with authors and ghost hunters Stephen Lancaster and Rick Hale. So, uh, welcome back to uh, to the Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk with your hosts, Stephen Lancaster and myself, Rick Hale. Today, we welcome to the show Michael Huntington. Michael Huntington is a paranormal travel writer, blogger, and UFO researcher from Cape Girardeau, Missouri, who has investigated the unusual since the late 70s. 
He has traveled to hundreds of places in the U.S. with his family, documenting strange locations and lost lore, building a paranormal location GPS research database with multiple thousands of locations. Michael has been a guest on dozens of paranormal, cryptid, and UFO-related radio programs, including Somewhere in the Skies, Spaced Out Radio, and UFO Classified. Michael has appeared on television discussing UFOs and has been interviewed for several documentaries, including the cryptid feature, Momo, the Missouri Monster, and On the Trail of UFOs. Documentary series produced by Small Town Monsters, as well as last year's Creature from Big Muddy Film and upcoming Grand Tower UFO doc produced by Red Room Media. Michael's writing and photography work can be found on all social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. The travel the Strange Travels blog, the occasional print medium, and the soon-to-be-released Strange Travel book series. So, Michael Huntington, welcome to the initiative. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to this. You're great. Um, so, yeah, you know, we uh, were trying this before we had to come back and do it. Um, weird, weird kind of stuff going on in the background there. So, you know, Michael, we don't really have a whole lot of uh, people that do uh, the U, uh, UFOs, ufology, um, if you will, um, that come on the show. So, I mean, I'm, I'm actually a newer um, convert to the belief in UFOs. However, with all of these new videos that are coming out, um, the, uh, the Gamble Chase, or uh, the uh, Gamble Go Fast video, and the Tic Tac video from the military has a lot of people wondering, what the hell is going on? Are we finally coming to that point where there is going to be disclosure? Um, let's start from the very beginning. How did this all begin in this in this country and in our world with um, alien visitation? Well, you know, it's it's still debatable as to you know whether the answer is alien visitation. There's certainly been uh, uh, UFO phenomena, uh, flying mm -hmm. saucers, uh, UFOs, alien craft, or whatever. Uh, talk uh, since probably uh, World War II, although, you know, uh, science fiction came about uh, at the end of the 19th century. Uh, uh, sure. There was talks, you know, Martians visiting the Earth, and, uh, you know, we had uh, uh, War of the Worlds. So, uh, you know, the, the idea of life on other worlds coming here uh, uh, struck sort of a fear within humanity and that that's always kind of been with us you know the people from the heavens coming down and being superior to us uh, or whatnot but uh, sure. really the 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 golden age of of ufos uh began uh with kenneth arnold in 1947 when he saw you know nine objects over the cascade mountains and uh the newspapers picked that up ascribed them as flying saucers not due to their appearance but due to how they flew and uh uh you know after world war ii we were in a different age movies uh uh television was coming into uh its own there was a preponderance of newspapers so uh, the culture just sort of jumped into it you know especially uh you know with movies and and television and whatnot so you know ufos became a big thing and of course you know people started seeing them uh now objectively you know were they seeing actual things uh yeah 
uh, uh, what they are is, you know, uh, pretty much at the heart of, of the debate as to, uh, you know, are we being visited by extraterrestrial or interdimensional beings with uh, superior technology? Um, mm -hmm. And people have pondered this and the government's looked at it and uh, UFO researchers like myself have been uh, fascinated with it. You know, we followed the cases and uh, uh, read the books. You know, it, we're, we're looking at 75 years now of, uh, you know, continuous UFO topic, you know, continuous influence within the culture. And uh, while you look at the news, you may see, you know, it may seem like there's a lot of UFO stuff going on. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we're also living in an information age. There's a lot more internet access. There's a lot more, you know, smaller media, uh, you know, to, to spread these stories. Um, as somebody who's been researching UFOs for 45 years, I can tell you that UFOs have always been with the, within the media, you know, uh, sure. They they've come about recently within the, you know the past five years or so. I guess like 2017 uh, when To the Stars Academy, in conjunction with a couple of intelligence uh, uh, people, brought forward some videos uh, mm -hmm. that that were anomalous. You know the the Tic Tac video from uh, the uh, 2004 Nimitz event, and then the Go Fast. Uh, uh, and the gimbal videos uh, more recently off the East Coast, uh, they're anomalous and they're recognized as 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 being as such even from the the, the government's uh, viewpoint. So that's really gotten a lot of people just within the past few years more interested in the subject. But it is a, a subject that has been around, like I said, for 75 years. There is a rich history, a rich literature, and thousands if not hundreds of thousands of cases uh none of them uh you know conclusive as to as to what we're dealing with most ufos actually um probably like 95 percent and skeptics mm -hmm. and and researchers will agree with this uh most ufos are just misidentifications you know see and i uh, I, I will in, i will admit myself i i have had those misidentifications you know, I thought that I've seen strange lights in the sky. Like my family and I, we live on a farm and, um, you know, you see like weird lights coming in all the time. And, uh, you know, I, I can't help but look out the window. It's like, hey, what am I looking at here? But when I look at these videos, um, the like, you know, the Tic Tac video, for example, or the or the uh, or the or the go fast videos, um, I, I personally what I'm seeing on there, I am seeing a nuts and bolts craft traveling at speeds that would otherwise kill its pilot well yeah more so with the uh with the tic tac you know uh, uh what what is advantageous with those videos as opposed to other you know grainy photographs that you see um is that there's technological there's data there you know where you can extrapolate mm -hmm. mathematically you know, distances and speeds and all that, you can calculate that stuff out. And uh, there have been different interpretations, more so with the uh, the, the Nimitz Tic Tac video that, you know, what we're seeing is something that is exceeding, uh, you know, physical possibilities, you know, if it is a physical craft, you know, that's also up for debate, you know, because you can sure. do a laser 
hologram sort of thing that defies physics. Uh, the the gimbal and the and the go fast go fast is uh, uh, probably been uh, most people have attributed that as as to being some kind of a, a drone, uh, okay. you know, some sort of a test type thing. You know, all, all these videos are involved in using new involved using new equipment during uh, air testing type things. So there's always those considerations. The gimbal is probably the most interesting because it, you know, it appears to, you know, it, it looks saucer shape and it appears to rotate uh, right. with it. But yeah, the problem with these videos is uh, there's not a lot of details. You know, we, we, uh, mm -hmm. we don't know what, how they were necessarily released and, and gathered and, and how they move, you know, there's a, there, there's there's a problem with the chain of evidence there and and of course also within uh ufo culture there's a long tradition of not trusting the government when it comes to the issue sure. and and so you know the community is sort of divided as to uh you know what these are how we interpret them uh they've certainly galvanized and moved the news cycle uh but you know th those things do come and go in in waves you know uh Ultimately, what we want is uh, to try to look at this subject scientifically and to try to look at these cases scientifically. Uh, one benefit that has come about, you know, from a lot of the media pushed is the Galileo Initiative, the development mm -hmm. of the Scientific Coalition for Ufology. Uh, we're starting to get some, you know, scientific interest, uh, you know, from mainstream science to, you know, at least you know, they haven't done anything yet. They're they're setting that up, but. Uh, uh, there's hopes that, you know, we can get some sort of instrumented field study at phenomenological locations, which is what I'm interested in, you know, hot spots, you know, where weird things happen. Uh, you know, that's the best way to, uh, to get evidence and to try to figure out what some of these things are. Some UFOs may be extraterrestrial. Some may be some sort of natural phenomena we don't understand, you know, like some mm -hmm. sort of Earth-like phenomena, some sort of plasma, atmospheric phenomena. There's a lot of different theories and they're still theories and what we need is more data more evidence especially a site yeah within ghost hunting within cryptozoology all of these same issues are 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 dealt with and there's yeah. even some people believe that you know they're actually different aspects of the same phenomena you know there there's there's sort of that view too that ufos and ghosts and and cryptids may have some, you know, a similar source, you know, in some circumstances. And and as somebody who travels around and looks at locations, I, I can tell you that there are spots where, you know, there the place is haunted. There's UFOs and there's cryptids, you know, all in all in these, you know, interesting geological, geographic locations. So, well, they a lot they of, call that. Go ahead. No, I, I was done. Okay, I was going to say they call that high strangeness, correct? Where it seems like all of this activity just sort of centers on one place. And of course, one of those places being the Skinwalker Ranch. Mm -hmm. That seems to be a place of extreme high strangeness. Yeah, there's uh, there are uh, uh, places like Skinwalker Ranch, the Marley Woods, uh, a, a place that I've been researching, uh, Grand Tower, Illinois. There are, there are these places, these localized anomalous hotspots, you know, these la-la lands, you know, these 
where there's just a preponderance of folklore uh, of, you know, because, you know, one man's spook light is another man's UFO and another man's ghost, you know, so it, there, there, sure. there is there are these interesting places. Uh, I've been to the Marley Woods. You know, I, I research a lot at Grand Tower. Uh, uh, I have an invite to Skinwalker Ranch, so I will be visiting there sometime this year. Um, Lucky places, dog, that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> uh, I, I, you know, when I travel around, you know, and I, and I catalog these places, you know, I, I, you know, I'm not just armchair. I actually go to these places to document them and sure. photograph them. Because uh, I like to put myself in those places, you know, and to uh, right. share as much data, um, you know, as I can. So, uh, you know, I, I try to go to these places to experience them uh, first and foremost and to document them because, uh, you know, a lot of times you don't get the chance to do that. But, you know, I'm a full time researcher, uh, you know, mm -hmm. I, this is pretty much what I do. I travel around looking for. Any sort of weirdness that I can find, you know, uh, haunted houses, ghosts, cemeteries, cryptids, you know, yeah, UFOs, whatever, whatever I can find. And uh, there are sure. strange places everywhere. Um, you know, I, I, I do want to touch on some of these uh, strange places because I am I'm, you know, very intrigued now with with Marley Woods. But. I want to go back to something that you said about mainstream science. Now, it just seems like mainstream science has almost made up its made up its mind, and that these things don't couldn't could not possibly exist. Do you think that mainstream science actually does the public a disservice by staying closed off from this kind of phenomena? Well, you know, I, I am a researcher. You know, I, I have been for 45 years. You know, I've been in APRA. I go back to APRO, you know, Aerial Phenomena Research mm -hmm. Organization. I've been a member of MUFON. You know, I, this has been, you know, UFOs and, and weird stuff has been a passion of mine. Uh, when I went to college, I, I studied philosophy of science, you know, because I okay. those questions, uh, you know, what constitutes sufficient evidence? What constitutes, you know, a, a changing of a paradigm? You know, people like to use those words, you know, because they, they have this worldview of how they perceive the world. And, uh, you know, and there's a lot of different worldviews, you know, there are flat earthers mm -hmm. and there are inner earthers and hollow earthers. And, you know, there, there's a lot of different competing theories out there and viewpoints. Uh, sure. Science, to answer your question, is it, it is it science's fault? Um, I don't think we're dealing with the monolithic thing necessarily, especially over 75 years. You know, we're science of 1963 is different from science of 1990 and 1990 mm -hmm. is different from science of 2020. You know, there's different methods, different techniques, different, you know, ideas of, of how the world works. I think we're more open to interdimensional type stuff, quantum you know, entanglements and, uh, you know, the, the notion that there are others out there somewhere, mm -hmm. technological. Uh, but all this comes down to, you know, what constitutes sufficient evidence and, and what does mainstream science require in order to convince them? Uh, you know, we do have this adversarial idea that, you know, science is like, nope, you know, they, they, they're against it because of, religion or power or whatever and everybody makes 
comparisons to Copernicus and Galileo and, and all that. Uh, I think that's sort of a wrong view. You know, science, okay. mainstream science is who you need to convince. It's not okay. the public. It's not a TV show or another UFO researcher or, or, or somebody. Mainstream science is who you need to convince. And what mainstream science requires is very good science. It requires a, a methodological programmatic approach. It, it requires the promotion and presentation of uh, scientific papers and peer review, you know, mm -hmm. and, and, and I, I tell this to a lot of my colleagues, you know, within uh, the UFO world that we're not doing that. We have rarely done that. You know, everybody is so sort of focused on the ufotainment celebrity sort of stuff, you know, uh, right. that there, 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 there are people making documentaries. There are people, you know, speaking at conferences, but usually they're, they're, they're selling a TV show or a book. And these sure. things tend to be more sensationalized as opposed to scientific or programmatic. Uh, there's very little science being done. Now there's hope you know, hope with things like Galileo and the SCU, you know, I interact with these people. I've been to the, you know, SCU, uh, the first conference, uh, you know, I, I, I try to promote, you know, science within the field and, mm -hmm. uh, hopefully we can get some, you know, long-term sustained science. Re really the only long-term sustained, sustained scientific UFO program has been Hestelin in Norway where they have, you know, studied since the eighties, long-term with instruments, you know, uh, localized uh, aerial anomalies. And right. uh, that's what we need. And we need papers to be written up and we need papers to be presented to things like the National Academy of Science, you know, uh, or uh, astronomical associations. Uh, that's what we need. That's the science that needs to be done. Appearing on ancient aliens is not science. That's not going to do it. <laughs> No, I couldn't agree more. So here's what we're going to do, uh, Michael. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I want to touch on what, what it says in your bio about GPS locations and some of these places that you've been, because uh, that's definitely what our listeners want to hear. They want to hear about places that they can go and experience this stuff for themselves. So everybody stick around. This is the Shadow Initiative. We're talking with Michael Huntington. Um, we're going to go. We're going to pay some bills. When we come back, we're going to be talking about places that you can go and maybe see some weird stuff for yourself. So stick around. Explore the fascinating world of the paranormal on the Label 13 YouTube channel. Watch captivating paranormal videos, full paranormal documentaries, and watch exclusively the entire 20 episode first season of Shadow Initiative Paranormal TV for free. The Label 13 YouTube channel showcases paranormal footage that has been seen on A&D Biography, Travel Channel, and Discovery Plus. Watch Label 13 at youtube.com slash label 13 videos. That's youtube.com slash label 13 videos. And don't forget to subscribe for more of the supernatural. Join the hosts on Facebook at facebook.com slash welcome to the initiative. That's facebook.com slash welcome to the initiative. 
Want to be a guest on Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk? Is there something you would like to hear discussed? Contact the hosts at shadowinitiativetalk at gmail.com. That's shadowinitiativetalk at gmail.com. We now return to Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk with your hosts, Rick Hale and Stephen Lancaster. And welcome back to the Shadow Initiative with Stephen and Rick. We've been talking to Michael Huntington, and uh, we've been you know, covering UFOs today. And right now we want to check out some of these weird places that he has been and weird places that you can go and experience some of this stuff for yourself. So, Michael, I found it really interesting in your bio how you talked about the GPS locations. Um, is that a website that people can go to and, you know, find these places for themselves? Uh no, uh, not yet. Uh, uh, I probably about uh, maybe eight years ago now. I started uh, uh, cataloging, you know, on on mapping systems, uh, uh, phenomenological locations, uh, mm-hmm. places where people have seen UFOs, uh, places that are haunted, uh, places that have you know cryptid activity, and I I did this as a means to uh you know better myself as a researcher because mm-hmm. i think the best way and i encourage other people uh to do this uh, and i do share some of these gps locations just not as one big bulk just yet uh, sure. i encourage people uh you know to if you really want to learn a case if you really want to learn about uh you know ufos ghosts whatever uh, the best way to uh study it i think is uh through what's come to be called liminal cartography you know uh finding okay. these unique places because uh you know whatever the stories are uh you know and, and buildings will disappear and people will die and town towns will even disappear but uh it, if you can research down to the square foot that is always going to be a constant. There is always going to be a place where a UFO landed and where mm-hmm. somebody stood and saw a Bigfoot, you know, uh, or where a haunted house was, you know. So right. I, I'm and and I think when you do research down to the square foot, I think that's which is what I do. I just don't, you know, like throw a tack at a city, you know, where a, a sighting was. Um <laughs> I think you demonstrate, you know, your knowledge of that case, you know, right. and I've, I've done it for thousands of cases uh, since this time period. I'm into my second iteration of my mapping system. Uh, I, I do share my data with uh, other researchers. I put mm-hmm. out blog posts, you know, with these locations um, pretty much every day or every other day. So uh, I, I, you, you can find it just type my name and whatever you're interested in and something will come up. Um, okay. I'm full time now, but uh, you know, when, when you have six or 7,000 phenomenological locations, it, it, it takes a while to do the research and it also takes a while to visit. Yeah. I, I right. visited hundreds and hundreds of places. Uh, the best places uh, to visit of course are, are haunted houses. And haunted cemeteries, haunted locations, because you know they're they're there and they're usually accessible. Um, 
you have to worry, you know, about uh, the uh, uh, the exploitation factor because some of these places promote, you know, their uh, uh, their anomalies, you know, in order to make money. Uh, but right. I think if you do the research and 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 you you you'll be able to see which is uh, which is folklore, which is you know a business sort of thing, and which actually has over you know decades or more uh, had some sort of phenomenological event uh, connected to it. And uh, um, there's a lot of places out there, and uh, uh, pretty much. Um, you know, I, I take vacations with my family and we take normal vacations. You know, we'll mm -hmm. go from point A to point B and I really don't have to go too far out of my way to find a spot. You know, all yeah, but these you know little... what? I was going to say, dude, you're living the dream, though. I mean, if I could only get my wife to get on board <laughs> with with my explorations, I, I, I know my son, he's he's only 11. But uh, man, if I could get them on board with that that would be awesome but yeah. yeah go ahead sorry about that well I, my my wife knew i was a weirdo when she met me so you know i guess there was that that you know advantage and, and she likes to travel and uh my kids love you know these these weird spots you know uh um, sure you know we we go to conventions and all that sort of stuff too we'll go to you know museums and all that uh as long as i'm not taking them too far out of the way sometimes you know that's a possibility of you know, it if it's an old abandoned you know cemetery out in the middle of the uh, the wilderness you know that's when it gets a little uh uh ner you know because gps <laughs> doesn't always work uh everywhere right. uh but uh yeah they, they've they've been sports you know generally they're as long as they're not in the car for more than five hours and uh they there's a swimming pool at the uh, hotel you know they're they're fine i i i'm looking forward to getting an rv here in a few years and you know, uh, taking it to the next level, but uh, we'll see. That sounds like fun. So let's talk about some of these places um, that you have visited. You've mentioned a couple of them, uh, Grand Tower, which is here in my home state of Illinois, um, and Marley Woods. So let's start with Grand Tower because I'm, I'm sort of familiar with this one, but I want you to tell our listeners that they, you know, about this place, they can go and experience the weird for themselves here in the land of Lincoln. Well, uh, Grand Tower is an interesting spot. Uh, I, I've probably been visiting for like about six years now. It's just on the mm -hmm. other side of the, I, I'm in Cape Girardeau on the Mississippi River on the other side, uh, about a half an hour away or so from uh, from Grand Tower. So it's, uh, okay. you know, a, a local weird spot uh, to me here. Uh, but uh, yeah, it, it's, uh, it's on the Mississippi River on the Illinois side, uh, Southern southern illinois uh it's called grand tower because there's a, a feature in the river called tower rock a mm -hmm. very noticeable you know uh rock feature you know that going up uh i think a couple hundred feet right there in the middle of the river and uh what makes grand tower interesting along with a lot of other places like skinwalker and marley woods is there's just so much weirdness in one spot that it sort of goes, you know, because it's just a small population, you know. Sure. But we're, we're talking, you know, Bigfoot. We're talking UFO encounters. We're talking ghosts. We're talking uh, electromagnetic phenomena. Mm -hmm. uh, we're talking, uh, you know, Indian massacres, uh, 
just just so much just in one spot you know um it all comes kind of comes together to make a perfect storm of the strange and unusual yeah and it, and it makes for good storytelling and it makes for you know i i, I love visiting those spots you know more than just a, a singular spot because you know i can get more bang for my buck you know when i visit places sure. like this uh plus it, it's just you know it, if something's going on and it's tied to geography or geology these are the places where we need to be uh uh and the more stuff going on, you know, uh, the more questions are asked. And, you know, is there a connection between, you know, like a cryptid and UFOs? Is there a connection between ghosts and, you know, some sort of vortex or electromagnetic phenomena? You know, why Grand Tower? You know, why Marley sure. Woods? Why Skinwalker Ranch? You know, we have the lore, we have the stories you know, there's a preponderance of 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 so many of these that it, you know it, that's what gets our interest. But uh, you know, what's going on? Is is right. it is there a vortex? You know, uh, it, you know. Then we get into the speculation and all that. You know. Well, you see, that's that's something I wanted to ask you about. With that, I, I, I've I've oftentimes heard this were uh, this term being used, um, window area, where it seems that places are somehow wide open or have been blown wide open uh, for whatever reason to having these kind of things happen. Um, Would you say, you know, places like uh, Skinwalker and, you know, Grand Tower and Marley Woods, which I want to get to as well, um, are these window areas? Well, you know, uh, uh, throughout the literature, you know, I mean, going back, you know, even into, you know, previous centuries you know there there's been this idea of there you know there that there's mystical places uh (laughs) that there are things called ley lines you know that uh you know maybe there's convergence at certain spots and maybe that's you know how mystical places uh over over the centuries over the millennia have have come about due to whatever the conditions there there's theories as to you know uh you know, certain types of geological strata uh, mm-hmm. in conjunction with, you know, water flows might create some sort of electromagnetic effect that, you know, at a minimum can create some sort of like a buoyant plasma that can create electromagnetic fields or itself can somehow create some sort of, you know, quantum entangled uh, uh connection uh to possible you know parallel universes or whatever there's a lot of theories out there you know and and they will remain theories until we start to test them in places like Hestelin, they've actually uh you know they they found these geological unique aspects you know in conjunction with these these light phenomena so you know then we can take our instrumentation and try to figure out you know, is is it a is it a byproduct that is is creating some sort of interaction in our perception, or is it actual you know some sort of you know like a, a wormhole or some si- sort of opening to another reality? You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this uh, this this idea of um, parallel universes. You know, it's not just science fiction. This is something that 
that is really studied in um, uh, theoretical physics. And I personally find it fascinating. And I wonder how many different uh, versions of Rick that are out there or God help us, <laughs> Stephen. Um, <laughs> so Marley Woods, this, this is, this is a new one to me. I've never heard of Marley Woods. Where is it and what's going on there that makes it so weird? Well, uh, uh, we first can say that Marley Woods is a, like a real place. It's not called Marley Woods, you know, uh, that was, excuse me, that was a, um, a name given to it by, uh, Ted Phillips and his research team, uh, uh, around the year, around 2000s, late 90s, 2000s, or whatever, Ted Phillips, who was a, a protege to Dr. J. Allen Hynek, you know, the famous ufologist, right. uh, astronomer who was part of Blue Book, who, you know, you've seen him in Close Encounters, you know, he's sort of an iconic, you know, father of ufology. Uh, yeah. His protege was Ted Phillips, a Missouri researcher uh, who specialized in trace cases, you know, Close Encounters of the Second Kind, you know, where they land and they do stuff to the soil. He was the mm -hmm. master of researching those. And uh, he worked here primarily in Missouri. Uh, he was from, you know, central and south central Missouri. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, of course, somebody at his level, you know, constantly gets contacted, you know, with, with, with people with their, uh, their UFO problems. And mm -hmm. uh, uh, he was told about a, a place similar to like a Skinwalker Ranch uh in missouri uh in oregon county and, and out of respect to uh ted's uh, ted passed away year before last so uh, but out of respect to his team that is still around uh it's sort of an undisclosed location but okay suffice it to say it's in oregon county and pretty much it's a broad area uh but the research that they conducted uh, in the 2000s was primarily on a, a couple of different ranches that mm -hmm. had, you know, all the classic skinwalker type stuff, you know, cattle mutilations, UFOs, vortexes, weird dinosaur-like creatures appearing, uh, you know, time slips, you know, just anything that you could think of, but really uh, just within a, you know, a little small, small region. You know, right. and uh, uh, it's pretty much, um, you know, considered Missouri, Missouri's uh, Skinwalker Ranch. And I, I've been there uh, probably seven or eight times now. I'll, I'll go again through there in April. Uh, it's an interesting place. I haven't really experienced anything overtly, but like all the places that I visit, uh, you know, sometimes anomalies will will show up. Uh, sure. you know, photo, photographic and video anomalies that really don't constitute, you know, hard evidence, but they're interesting uh, and, and certainly open to interpretation. But, uh, you know, I, I, I think the more that we put ourselves in these places, uh, I, I think, you know, that's where we're going to see something strange happen. So we need to keep putting ourselves in these places uh, in order to hopefully experience something. Right. Do you think that there's like a symbiotic relationship that there has to be a person there in order to experience this or, you know, or, or it just happens all the time, regardless of somebody being there, you know, like the whole the, if a tree falls in the forest and there's nobody there to hear it. Yeah. Doesn't make a noise. Do you think that that, that we are um, 
that we're attracting this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, there's, there's a lot of theories out there and I try to avoid, you know, unifying theories because I, I think we should look at every single case on its own merits mm-hmm. uh, because, you know, somebody seeing a UFO here may not be connected with somebody seeing a UFO over here. In fact, this UFO over here might be a government experiment that has nothing sure. to do with this over here. So we, we really kind of need to look at these cases uh, individually. Uh, certainly, uh, you know, you, you sort of need a witness, whether it's a person or an instrument, uh, because, you know, y- you have to have a receiver in order to, you know, get the data. Uh, mm-hmm. You need a witness. Uh, there are questions w- with those that sort of take this unifying viewpoint as to whether or not, you know, you're, we're dealing with a singular phenomenon uh, with an intelligent sort of attribute to it. You know, sure. uh, there are some people that have extrapolated from Kiel and Valet and, and sort of created this almost like a, a Loki-like trickster entity. And there are some people that actually believe that that exists, you know, some sort of, you know, interdimensional being or beings uh, that can manifest themselves in different ways uh, and, uh, you know, perceive, be perceived differently by who they're appearing in front of. And uh, sure. it's an interesting theory. It's, it, it sounds attractive. It it can answer a lot of different things, but it also, you know, it, we're sort of getting into, you know, pseudo-religious belief type stuff, you know, of, you know, invisible creatures, you know, it, 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 it becomes sort of a religious sort of thing. Right. If we just believe in those and, and don't have anything, you know, demonstrable to, to show that they exist. And it, it's, there's a lot of that going on now, you know, there's sort of a deification of the phenomena, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, people talk about UFOs, ghosts, and Bigfoot as if they're a being as opposed to an anomalous event. You know, I try to stay within the, you know, as a science-based person, I, I try to sure. stay looking at each of the cases and viewing them as anomalous events. Are some uh, 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 possible anomalies in our minds? Certainly. I think oh, yeah. some Absolutely. are. Uh, are some induced by environmental conditions? I think it's been demonstrated that electromagnetic fields can create hypnagogic states in some circumstances. Uh, sure. Can there be some sort of entity that, uh, you know, is sort of co-created between us and, and it within our minds? That's a possibility also. But, uh, you know, again, we need, we can theorize forever. And and these theories have been around. Keel and Valet, you know, were, were doing this back in the 70s. Right. You know, postulating these Inter- interdimensional tricksters uh, doesn't necessarily mean they exist, but they may. Who knows? Well, that's the whole idea behind the skinwalker, that this is like an evil being that, right. you know, can cause, you know, evil magic and do all sorts of stuff. But there's, you know, one last thing that I, be, before we let you go, there's one last thing that I wanted to uh, touch on, and that's disclosure. Now, I'm not a conspiracy guy. I don't believe that there are tracking mechanisms in vaccines and i believe that we went to the moon and and all of that kind of stuff but there there does appear to be 
um, kind of a concerted effort by the governments of the world to keep this away from people, to, you know, distract people from it. And you hear a lot about people talking about disclosure these days. Do you think that the government is keeping these things from us? And the follow-up question to that, do you think we're ready for disclosure? Um, First, we need to kind of, you know, define what that means. And disclosure means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. Before I do that, though, I I want to backstep and say that, you know, again, you know, these these monolithic governmental and military structures are not the same ones that have, you know, been around, you know, throughout the entirety of the subject. You know, the Air Force of the 50s and 60s is different than the Air Force now. Mm -hmm. And, uh, uh, you know, so, you know, we're dealing with different administrations, different time periods, you know, Uh, some have been more open than others, some not, you know, some generals are, you know, more open than others and some not. Uh, Has the government uh, uh, been interested in this subject? Absolutely. Uh, The uh, Air Force invented the term UFO. You know, they they had research projects. Certainly, there's going to be an interest, at least on a security level, as to what's going on. Certainly, you know, in a public safety sort of thing, you know, especially during the Cold War, you know, can we manipulate our people, uh, you know, or can the Russians manipulate our people? You know, we just had War of the Worlds and, uh, you know, World War II, you know, so uh, right. the influence of mass hysteria and influence of the public is and propaganda is, is a big concern. Uh, so, you know, it, 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 it's something of interest, but it's also something that the military uh, and governments have used, you know, as cover for, you know, Cold War uh, uh, programs, uh, spying, whatever, you know, false information, counter intel. Mm-hmm. Um, now, to disclosure, you know, with disclosure, there's this underlying notion that, Aliens crashed in 1947. The government has the bodies. We know that aliens are here. We've covered it up in Area 51. And, you know, we may have had treaties with aliens, and we know that they're abducting people and all that. That's sort of the underlying, you know, uh, uh, cultural meme, you know, uh, as right. to what is behind disclosure, because that's what people want disclosed. And what they mean by disclosure is they want the government you know, there's this idea that they want the government to come forward, some sort of authority, preferably the president, give out all the information that confirms that, right? Opens the door right. to Area 51 and shows everybody the frozen aliens, you know, <laughs> that they had Wright Patterson. You know, so it, it's not just disclosure. There's also confirmation that people want. And, and the people that tend to want this confirmation are generally experiencers, you know, people that have uh, seen something and they want some sort of indication. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there are people that just want, you know, more information because certainly if there are real objects out there, the government's probably tracked them at times. Sure. And, uh, you know, there's there's probably a lot of data out there. So there, there's a lot of different kinds of views as to what that means. Uh, you know, there are your radical disclosures that want to, you know, storm Area 51, you know, and, you know, open up the Pentagon and, and get the alien bodies. Um, 
I, I, I am, don't ascribe to conspiracy theories either. Okay. Uh, I, I, I don't think there's too good of evidence. I think, in fact, there's been a lot of disinformation, especially around Roswell and Majestic 12 and all that sort of stuff. Uh, you know, military intelligence has infiltrated UFO groups. That's not a conspiracy. That's a fact. They, to this day, military intelligence influences this field and this subject. Uh, certainly, at least in, in, you know, for some political reason, you know, mm-hmm. most likely related to, you know, during the Cold War, it was about the Cold War. Now we have drone warfare, you know, yeah. so uh, it, certainly there's a possibility that a lot of, you know, movements now or even, you know, people trying to uh, tamp down on it has to do with uh, with drone warfare. So, um I don't think there will be a big, you know, the messianic day of disclosure or confirmation as people perceive. I think some cases will probably come about more video type stuff. Uh, but there's, you know, there's always been military cases. There's always been, you know, anomalous videos or anomalous videos. It's still, these all still beg the question. Um, so I don't know. I, I don't, I, are we ready for it? I, I think, I think some ways we're we're ready and open to the idea of alien visitation, but mm-hmm. I think a lot of people, especially within the UFO community, uh, are not ready for what may not be confirmation of what they believe. You know, um, right. said, be careful what you wish for because it, it, you know, Roswell may just be you know a story that was put forward, and you know most likely. That's what a lot of people, you know, now contend that it's a story, you know, that yeah. it, that it, that it was put forward to manipulate. Uh, it's a mess, <laughs> and I, <laughs> I I I try to you know steer us back towards the actual issue, which is aerial anomalies, as mm-hmm. opposed to the exopolitical machinations, because I think the answers to UFOs are found in studying the UFOs. They're not going to be found in a government file or through a politician and even if they are it's not going to be trustworthy and it's not going to be satisfactory because again there are so many different competing viewpoints and so many different people with their belief systems now attached to and their identity attached to their view of disclosure that uh you're not going to be able to please everybody there you go you actually just uh answered my next question so um, Michael, we just want to say thank you so much for being on the Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk. It has been very enlightening. Um, it is a subject that we don't talk about enough on this show, so I'm hoping that maybe we could have you back on sometime in the future, uh, which we can you know, cover a little bit more. Uh, but we have come to that time in our show that we like to call Shameless self-promotion and a shameless self-promotion you get to talk about your website your books your projects anything that you got going on and go well uh, uh just type my name in on google and uh whatever you're interested in ufos ghost or whatever it'll come up uh, i i i give it away uh, for free on social media quite a bit uh i i share my posts and and my pictures and uh you know uh if I do the money-making route, it'll probably be, you know, Kickstarter-type stuff uh, to help fund trips. But, uh, yeah, I, I prefer to promote the subject. Uh, you know, I'm a reformer, so uh, that's it. 
Okay, awesome. Well, thank you so much, Michael Huntington, for being on the show. And um, very enlightening. Hope to have you back again, you know, sometime in the future. Because we also have abductees and stuff like that that we have to go that we have to go over. So um, thanks a lot, Michael. And uh, you know, have a yeah. have a good Sunday. You too. Thanks, guys. Nice to talk to you. Yeah, man. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, my friends, check out my good friend Chris Beck and his work at All Around Art. From lifelike paintings to detailed sketches to phenomenal tattoo artistry, if you can dream it, Chris can bring it to life on canvas or your skin. His art has been showcased in published works such as the paranormal best-selling book Norman 2, The True Story of a Possessed Doll's Revenge. Visit him online at facebook.com slash allaround.art.53. All right, we are back to Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk. We survived the UFO talk. We didn't get beamed up, beamed down. There was no probing of any kind. <laughs> well, thank God there was no probing of any kind. Yeah. I was actually sweating it because I thought I lost the entire feed of that last segment. <laughs> oh, my yes. God. Because when we started this show, folks, there were tons of technical difficulties that you did not hear. That and, was the I mean, weirdest thing. Yeah, echoing and reverb and, and, and uh, uh, feedback. It was very, very strange. Mm-hmm. Not saying it was paranormal, just... Yeah, it was a, a um, interesting start, to say the least. It was a first for the Shadow Initiative. So, you know, Stephen, it's, it's just not something that we talk about enough on this show. Um, are UFOs, you know, possibility of aliens, interdimensional beings. But there's something, you know, that he did say that I kind of wanted to, uh, you know, to ask you about. It's like, are people really ready to... Uh, to are, are, are they so uh, caught up in what they want to hear that they're not ready to hear the truth. I mean, what do you yeah. think about that? Uh, well, it's like we've talked about the disclosure thing before. Right. It will never happen. Even yeah. if it's all true, it will never happen because it'll cause mass panic. And mm-hmm. I mean, you know what's going to happen. Every redneck and their guns and, you know, it's it's just going to be chaos. Um, and people shooting at everything that moves. And I mean, look at what a radio broadcast did alone. In the 50s, that was a joke. I think that was the 30s, wasn't it? The War of the Worlds, whenever that whenever that was. Yeah. You know, they were boarding up their houses, dude. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, and that was a joke. So, I, I, I don't know, man. And, and I, to answer the other part, it's, it's just like we see in our field, man. You know, you can tell these people until you're blue in the face... That Zach Baggins is not real. You know, and they will defend him because they don't want to hear. Just just like a producer told me a long time ago when I would not do a project he wanted me involved in. Mm -hmm. He said, Stephen, people don't want their paranormal busted. No. You know, and, and, and that was in reference to all these shows. You know, yeah. that's why it's all being faked. That's why it's all being blown out of proportion. Because that's what people want to see. They don't want to believe that 
oh, it couldn't possibly be fake, but it is. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I think that on the television side of it, that things are. But, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm going to say that I agree with him that we really are not ready for disclosure. To, I mean, no. to, disclosure in the sense that, you know, these are alien beings from other worlds and they're either among us or visiting us. I mean, dude, we can't even get along with our neighbor who is a different religion or another color right. or, you know, they, they happen to love somebody of the same sex. We can't even get along with them. How are we going to get along with something that has followed a completely different evolutionary path than us? I mean, it's not like it's Star Trek or Star Wars where it's just, it's humanoids with some weird shit on their forehead. These are beings that are vastly different from us in culture, psychology, appearance, whatever vastly different from us yeah I was having the same conversation with a colleague of mine the other day about racism and mm-hmm. you know he, he's a black dude and, and uh, a good friend of mine and you know I just said to him I'm like you know man it just it blows my mind that this is even still an issue mm-hmm. you know sitting here in 2022 this is still an issue on all sides there is racism yeah. everywhere and we want to tell people there are aliens. Like, yeah, no, yeah, no, we because, can't even we can't even handle each other. You know, I don't like using the term redneck. That is not something that enters into my. Uh, See, I I can do my, that because I'm in the redneck Riviera. But it's it's not something that enters into my vocabulary. But you know, you do have to make some serious considerations. Take religion, for example. If all of a sudden, if you have like the three big religions of this world, which is Christianity, Judaism, and Islam. Those big three have been telling people throughout their entire history, God created us, that's it. We are unique, we are special, there is nothing else other than than us. You bring something like that into it, the panic just from religion alone Mm -hmm. would be insane. Wars would be started. Uh, There would be mass suicides. There would be, I mean, there would be even probably an interstellar war because they couldn't handle um, having, you know, like a Vulcan standing in front of them. Like this is somebody from hundreds of light years away. They just, they would not be able to handle it. But you know, and you, yeah, go ahead. What's funny? Well, it's not even funny. It's disgusting to me. Religion. The okay. paranormal, ufology, cryptozoology, whatever. Every single one of those things are million-dollar industries. So, of course, you know, the Catholic Church is a billion-dollar industry. You know, of course, we know paranormal TVs, millions and millions of dollars. Crypto as well. It's all any anything that's out of the ordinary, anything that's mystifying, has a dollar sign on it. Well, I can't really so, speak to that because I mean I do believe that there are um, multitudes of people that are that that are they are the faithful. They believe. I agree very much in what I they agree. So it's like I can't really speak to that. I so. agree. I'm I'm just saying. It. My point is, is if something were to come out. Mm-hmm. And say, beyond a shadow of a doubt, ghosts do not exist. There goes a million dollar industry. 
not not only for the entertainment, but for equipment, cameras, electromagnetic field testers. It all it's gone. If if somebody comes out and proves without a shadow of a doubt that religion is wrong, that it, mm-hmm. you're not necessarily wrong, but just not fact. There goes a billion dollar industry. Sure. You know, people don't think about these things. You know, they Oh no, I yeah, I do think about those things and that's what terrifies me the most because you have people that will completely lose their shit. Like I said, if it's proven that these things exist and they I, I think that, you know, psychologically these are people who are gonna feel let down, lost lie to and when you put like people in that underneath that kind of stress they tend to lash out um in some not so very friendly ways well what i would like to do uh come the summer maybe the fall is have michael huntington back on the show Mm -hmm. um as more of a as more kind of kind of as an expert role like Mm -hmm. here i have some questions for you I have some video evidence. I have a, a few stories to tell you, you know, from conspiracy to something on film to to personal experience and just have him address these things at, at seeing them or hearing them for the first time. Yeah. To to get his opinion, because, you know, I I don't feel he answered any of my questions uh, sat, satisfactorily at all. Okay. So then, yeah, we need to have him back on. Yeah, yeah, because he, I mean, he didn't answer any of my questions. He completely ignored all my questions. Yeah, because, you know, you never shut up. Yeah, because (laughs) I never got the opportunity to ask Michael Huntington any questions because of Mr. Showboat over there. So why don't you, all you got to do is cut (laughs) in, man. You keep your thing on mute the whole time it's this is this is not the rick show this is the rick and steve rick tell and everybody Steven else show. that tell everybody else that there's probably a you probably got a fucking t-shirt line that you're about ready to drop I, there's something god <laughs> there's, only no i'm just fucking with you i couldn't wait to do only that a, no I, wait, when i stay <laughs> quiet when i stay quiet that means i am genuinely interested in mm-hmm. the conversation and what's being said and i don't when it's flowing that well mm-hmm. it, you just gotta let it go you I'm know not, it, it's not about who's getting the most airtime. it's it's about what's going to be the best for our listeners and you know i had questions oh, for him but um it was like they're they're just it was going too well you know yeah. just there'll be another time we'll have him on again I agree. So, you know, with that being said, let's wrap this thing up. I mean, it was yes, a great gorgeous. show. I love talking about this kind of stuff, um, you know, because I'm because I am by no means an expert on the subject of um, ufology, aliens, you know, that kind of thing. It's like so it really is very much a learning experience for me. Yeah, I infer for probably a lot of our listeners. So, you know, as we expand here at Shadow Initiative uh, Paranormal Talk, we hope to bring more of the, the UFO chasers, the ufologists on, you know, people who I'd love to bring somebody on that's been abducted and, and, and talk to them about that. That would be so interesting. I wish the old man that I met back in the 90s was still alive. Um, I, I promised his family that I would never say his name. 
Mm-hmm. Um, met him in Evanston, Illinois. He was a relative of a guy that I worked with. And um, the story that he had to tell about his abduction from the battlefield during the Korean conflict, um, I've written about it, written about it in my books. I've written articles on the subject. And um, just his story is what turned me into a believer. Wow. That's cool. It's a shame. But yeah, look for that, guys, in the future. Man, if you've got abduction stories, ghost stories, monster stories, any kind of wickedly weird experience, you belong here with us at the Shadow Initiative. So guys, keep your stories coming. Keep your comments coming. ShadowInitiativeTalk at gmail.com to directly reach Rick or myself. Or just hit us at Facebook, facebook.com. Welcome to the initiative. What do we got on the plate next week, Rick? Uh, you know what? It's just going to be you and I discussing all things strange and unusual. Oh, okay. We I guess know. we'll be there. <laughs> all right, guys. We appreciate it. We are out of here for another week. We will talk to you all next week. Thanks, everyone.